where I am at, I think, Sandy, because it's been so long, is number four, the fall of man. Is that what you have? All right. And uh, as we think about the fall of man, and we're talking about anthropology, and then we're going we're to go to harmatology in just a minute, which is the doctrine of sin. Uh, but the fall of man is, that first off, the fact of the fall in Genesis chapter 3 we know that it's not an allegory of what we have in Genesis chapter 3. It's a historical account of God's creation, man's fall, and then God's redemption is what we have. And as we look at that, it, some people want to say, well, that's just a myth. In fact, I was reading something just the other day, and some horrible crime someone committed. One person said, well, I wish there was a hell for cases like this. Well, I want you to know there's a hell for cases like that and cases not that severe because all of sin that comes short of the glory of God, every single one of us are under judgment without the grace of God and without the blood of Christ. So we need to understand that that is a reality. And then we look secondly at the result of the fall was death. Now, <clears throat> death uh, physically is, is the, the Greek word thanatos, which means the cessation of vital functions of the body. It means that you stop breathing, your heart stops, and, and, and your, your electrical activity in your brain vanishes, and then you are legally dead. But death was the penalty, God's penalty for sin, and we find that in Genesis chapter 2 in verse 16 and 17, I believe. Is that correct? Don't have that one? Let me read it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat it you shall surely die. So God was telling Adam and Eve, because they lived in the presence of God in the garden of Eden, they had a perfect environment, they had everything that one would need. They were in a personal relationship with the Father as he walked with them in the cool of the day. We don't really understand all what that means in context, but God would speak with them, and they had a, this personal relationship. And God had basically said, anything that's out there, you, you can have freedom to partake of. But this one tree is all I'm telling you. You cannot eat of this tree. In the day that you do, you will surely die. Well, <clears throat> they didn't die physically, but what they did do is die spiritually. Because then what did they do? They ran and hid from God, and God came looking for them, saying, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, well, I hid because I was naked and ashamed. And God said, who told you that you were naked and ashamed? And of course, no one needed to tell Adam and Eve or he needed to tell God either because God knew everything. But death, because of this one act, caused the, the fall of man and also caused uh, a great number of problems. In fact, we, we see one of those problems in uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 in that death entered the world through Adam's choice to sin. Okay, we've got that up there. It says, Therefore... Just as through one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. So in Adam's sin, every single one of us uh, becomes, becomes sinners. And the way that happens is the blood that courses through Adam's vein courses through our veins as well. And because of that, we are corrupted by nature, by birth. And because we are corrupted by the sinful nature of Adam that was transmitted to us, 
then we too are under the judgment of God. Now there is a period where we don't understand what sin is. And God overlooks that. But there comes a point in time in our lives where we recognize that we are a sinner not only by birth but by choice. And when we become a sinner by choice, then, God, then we recognize the fact we are separated from God and we are in need of a Savior. And, of course, we know as believers that Savior is Christ. So Adam, by his sin, transmitted, if you will, his sin to us. To put it in a, in a modern day understanding, it would be like, <clears throat> and we're all adults here, I believe, so it would, it would be like uh, one sex partner having sex with someone else, someone else, someone else, and transmitting an STD. And that STD would be, that sexually transmitted disease would be transmitted over and over and over because everyone that's touched by the same person is going to experience that. And that's what Adam did. He passed that sin nature down to us. And because of that, every single one of us are in need of salvation, in need of forgiveness, in need of repentance, and in need of a Savior. And God offers that through His Son, Jesus. And also, death is the righteous act of God in this. It's the righteous act for the penalty of sin. In fact, we have in Romans 6.23 a verse that almost all of us know. And you don't have that one, but I do have it right here. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, did you notice what we earn by sin? What, what do we earn? Come on, it's right there on the page, black and white. Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what we earn by our wages is death. What God offers through His precious gift is eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. And then you probably won't have Ezekiel then if you don't have that. So let me turn to Ezekiel chapter 18. In Ezekiel chapter 18... Ezekiel says these words in verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. And then he says in verse number 20, he said, The soul who sins shall die. And we know that when we sin, we are separating ourselves from God. So the results of the fall... It's death, separation from God. But we'll get to that in just a moment. Now, the realms of death are a little bit different. Now, death is separation from the body, from the soul, the spirit. But it's also that, that physical death is separation from the body. And when I say separation from the body, I mean we, we are made up just like God. God is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, three in one. We call that the Trinity or the Trinitarian viewpoint of God. And man is made up of mind, will, and emotion. We are made up of body, we are made of soul, and we're made of spirit. And because we are, we too shall die, can die physically, and then we can die spiritually. But death is a separation. It's seen in forms. Now, <clears throat> first Adam and Eve, when they sinned, physically they died. That process was instantaneous. But eventually... They did die, not only spiritually, but they did die physically. Do we have Genesis 5.5? 5? Did I put that one on the paper? I did not. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 5, we have the genealogy, the family of Adam, and it talks about this. And the days of Adam, that Adam lived 930 years, and then here's what it said, and he died. Now, 
we don't know how old Adam was when he sinned, but we know how old he was when he died physically. And guess what? When you go to a tombstone, what's the one commonality of all tombstones? What? Birth and death. And there's a dash between them, right? And, and uh, what, what they did during that period of the dash is what really means something in life. Because that period of time from birth to death, we had a decision to make, and that decision was to, to reject Christ or accept Christ. And what we did during that period of time is what truly matters because every single one of us will die physically. Now, death is the normal experience of mankind. And I'll just quote this verse. Every human will die. What does Hebrews chapter 9 20, verse 27 say? It is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. The scary thing about that is not the physical death, but it's the judgment that comes after that because we will be judged based upon what we did with Christ or we'll be judged based upon our works. And let me tell you, we, our works would never be good enough to get us into heaven. So what we need to do is recognize the fact that we've all fallen short of the, of the Lord's goal for our lives and to give our life to Him. So there's physical death, there's spiritual death, that's separation from God. And, and when we have this separation from God, I, I said Adam hid, and uh, he tried to cover his guilt. He, he wanted to, to, to blame who? Eve. And Eve wanted to blame who? The serpent. And guess what? It just goes back and forth. We always want to play the blame game, but here's the issue. We are all guilty of our own sins because we chose to sin, Right? We made that conscious choice to sin. And when we do, that relationship breaks down. Do we have uh, Ephesians chapter 2? Did I write that one down? No? Well, I just didn't write anything down, did I? (laughs) Okay. Well, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul was writing, and he said in verse 1, And you... He made alive, this is talking to the believers, who were dead in trespasses and in sins. And then in verse 5 he said, Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So the Apostle Paul was saying, Listen, here's the the point. You were dead in your trespasses. You were dead in your sins. And that's why John tells us in chapter 6, of his gospel that you can't be saved unless you're drawn. You can't just decide one day, well, I'm going to make this decision. To come to God, you have to be drawn because we know that a little bit later in John's gospel, in chapter 14, he tells us that the, 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 the Holy Spirit's given to convict us of sin, right? Of righteousness and judgment to come. So we know that we need this relationship with Christ. And uh, then not only a spiritual death, but eternal death. And uh, first off, it's separation from God. And that, that's forever. That's, that's a separation that has no ending. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, our text says, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction. 
from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. If you want a good illustration of that, just turn in your Bibles. Read Luke chapter 16, the rich man and Lazarus. And you see there's this great gulf fixed and you can't pass back and forth across. And once that decision is made, life is over, your eternal destiny is set and there's nothing you can do about that. In Revelation chapter 20, in verse number 6, Again, John's writing from the Isle of Patmos. He'd been uh, deposed there by the Roman Emperor Domitian. And in uh, Romans chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. In other words, you have physical death, number one. Then you have spiritual death, number two. But spiritual death has no power over you because prior to physical death, you committed your life to Christ. So he goes on and he says, and the rest of that has no power. For they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And then in verse 14 and 15... <clears throat> he goes on to write, this, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. <clears throat> so as we begin to plumb the depths of physical death and spiritual death, we recognize they're two very different things. But physical death you can overcome. Because you've been born again. Spiritual death you can never overcome. And the word that, that the, the writer of Scripture uses, and there are all the writers of Scripture, for eternal life and eternal death are the same things. So it's, it's without ending. It is unceasing. It lasts forever and ever and ever. And then chapter 21, verse 8, it says these words. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, <clears throat> you don't want to end up at the great white throne judgment. You want to be at the beam of seat of Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 5.10, you can read that information. In fact, starting verse 1, when it talks about this tense destroyed, we have a building made not with hands, but eternal in the heavens. It's made by our Heavenly Father, and He gives us that great hope. Let's, now, you have C, you said? Is that where we start? The, the fall? <clears throat> yes. As a result of the fall, that's right. And Genesis 3, 14 and 15. The, now, when, when mankind fell, there were curses that took place. And there was a curse on Satan in chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And remember how Satan came to Eve? What type of animal? Serpent. Yes, snake. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you, shall, you are cursed more than the cattle. More than every beast of the field, and on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all of the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now the serpent was a tool used by Satan to cause Eve to make the worst decision she possibly could. But because of the serpent's desire to deceive the serpent would crawl 
on its belly and eat dust the rest of its life. And Satan <clears throat> was told that the woman, the woman, uh, when she had birth of Jesus Christ, that that Satan was going to be bruised, bruise his heel, but he would Jesus would crush his head, and that took place at the cross, and was vindicated by the heavenly Father at the resurrection of Jesus. So we had a curse on Satan. We had the curse on man in verse 16 through 19. And the woman said, <clears throat> and to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, have eaten the tree from the tree which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat, all the day, eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it were taken, for dust you are, and to dust your body is going to return. So we see the curse of man. The woman would have pain in childbirth, and I'm sure that you ladies could identify with that. The man would see his work life the difficulty of it increase in intensity, and he would make his uh, living by the sweat of his brow, and then eventually death, physical death. And then there's a curse on creation. And in the curse on creation, we have <clears throat> verse 17 and 18. And then he said to Adam, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field. So we're getting the, the curse, and the curse is, is on creation. Creation was placed under the curse of Adam because of their sin. And not only did physical death enter during this time, but also the animal world was also subject to death. And in verse 21... We have also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Animals had to lose their life, the shedding of blood, the first time we read of that. And then the next passage we have is Romans 5.12, which I read earlier. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Now, People wonder all the time, and I, I spoke to you, oh, it's been months ago probably, uh, about cryogenics. And, you know, people are freezing their entire body, or some you can just freeze your head. And, uh, you know, in time, you know, when science catches up to, uh, to that level of insanity, which not going to happen, that they would just reattach that head to a brand new body. I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it, what people think out there. And people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to have this done because they want to live forever. The, the truth is, you can live forever, and you don't have to live forever in the land of the dying. You can go to the land of the living. So why would you want to stay here? It makes no sense. But they're, they're without hope because they don't know Christ. And they're fearful of death because they think this is it. As I told you a couple of weeks ago about Stephen Hawkins and 
what he said. It's just fairy tale. It's like your mind's like a computer, and once it stops, it's over. Computer's no good. But Billy Graham, I told you also, he said, you're going to hear that Billy Graham has died. Don't you believe a word of it? I'm more alive then than I would have ever been in my life. So people need to know that physical death isn't the end, but there is also spiritual death. And it's not a game. It's reality. And if we don't share that truth, they're going to miss it. And the problem is they're going to miss out on a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And people say words like this, Well, you know what? If I go to hell, I'm just going to have a big party. No, you won't. You'll be in outer darkness weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound like a party to me. That sounds like torment to me. So, I'm... Pretty well spent. I'm going to have to stop here. You have any questions? Some of that material we have been over before, and I know there's a lot of verses that overlap because when you start doing doctrinal studies, a lot of the doctrines overlap, and especially you go back to Genesis over and over and over because Genesis is a seed plot of every theological concept that we have in scripture and and that's why people say well genesis you know 1 through 11 i just believe that's myth no genesis 1 through 11 gives us all of the doctrines that we have in scripture never forget that and if it's a myth the rest of it's no good it's hogwash so you don't believe the first 11 chapters you've just said i don't believe the bible all right. I like it. All right, let's stand. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Phyllis, you want to dismiss us, please?